Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Soul and Heart. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is talking to us about the soul, which is always my favorite thing, the soul agenda by Arthi Anderson. And we're going to be talking about how she discovered her soul's agenda, how she discovered her purpose. Her wonderful book right here, Your Soul's Agenda, um, we're going to go through today and how it came to be written in the first place. A lot of the things in this book I do definitely resonate with. Been there, done that, probably still trying to get out a few things myself. And what I love about the book is that she's made it interactive so that you can actually start asking yourself the question and uh, be in the moment with her. So it's almost like a tutorial, which I love very much. Uh, disclaimer right at the front. Sorry, folks. Um, bad cold this week so sounding a bit hoarse and a bit chesty uh, it was my new year's gift from the heavens that be for some reason but uh, the show must go on so let's bring on Annie and talk about her soul's agenda and this book and how we can find our soul's purpose in life welcome to the show love thank you so much for having me now we are having also a little tech problem because it seems that uh, the internet has a little bit of a cold as well. So if you get a little crackly here and there, folks, please bear with us, okay? It's the content that matters. Now, in reading this book, um, you know, you're finding your soul's agenda, which I love. And the fact that you are actually addressing the soul because so many people just stop at the heart and they don't realize the soul is our governance. It is what leads us to be and to finding our purpose. Um, you know, you started with this whole thing of looking for purpose and everybody telling you more or less what your purpose is and you getting validated from everybody. Yes, that's your purpose, but you're still going, I can't connect. And I think there's so many people out there where we talk about, you need to find a purpose in life. It's your instrument for the orchestra of life. And they just don't know how to connect to it. Is it because they're not ignited with the heart and soul? Or is, is it because they're too much in their head? or chasing it instead of allowing it? I think that one of the reasons that people can't connect with it, as I couldn't, was they're looking for what to do. Mm. So at first I was asking the question of what is my purpose? And I was asking people to tell me what I should do. Now mm. the, cor the courses that I was taking weren't actually telling me what to do. They were telling me about who I was, mm -hmm. which now I know in hindsight is really the way to go. It's a yes. wonderful question to be asking and to be receiving that information, as you say, so that we can figure out what we should be doing from a place of being, right? Let's so, stop there for a moment. A sure. place of being. You see, everybody thinks they need to do. I need to seek, I need to find. No, if you become, if you step into the beingness, everything else will make sense, right? Yes. Yes, I actually went to see a therapist and she said to me, Ani, you just need to learn how to be. And I was so frustrated by this. I said to her, fine, just tell me how to do that and I'll do it. And so actually she said to me, go home, lay on the, she was a, also a yoga instructor. Mm. She said, go home, lay on the floor with your feet up the wall and lay there for five minutes a day. And so I did that. And on day two or day three, I thought to myself, this isn't what I meant. <laughs> this, is, this isn't what I meant. I understand that I need to learn how to relax or I need to learn how to have downtime, but I'm looking for who I am. And so these purpose courses helped me to identify those things. But as you said, I was so far away from it, I couldn't connect. Mm. I just couldn't make the connection um, into 
this person that was described that I could not see myself as at all. Yeah, and there's a lovely statement that you make in one of your paragraphs, um, which is, you know, striving to be normal. Normal is dangerous. Um, I, I've never known what normal is. You know, I've always been lech, 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 you know. Um, and it's because I've, you know, danced to my own drum. Um, I was being before being was acceptable, but I was still trying to be something else. So my soul being and then the human trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be was in conflict with each other. And, but I could never fit into this normal. It was such a, um, a contrast to who I really was and what I was here to do. But there's a statement that you make in here that was just so profound. They hit me over the head. And that is, you know, um, where did you learn uh, that this is what it means to be a woman? And it's that women aren't worth anything. And that we look at history where women are commodities, they're slaves, they're pleasure uh, pe people. And it's, I think a lot of the disconnect from women, as you said, they're so busy trying to do for others. They don't know how to be because they haven't placed that value on womanhood yet. Yeah. That was a big piece for me mm -hmm. as you're relating. Once I realized that when I described what it meant to be a woman, I was describing all of these burdens and it just blew my mind. Where did I get this idea that being a woman was such a burden? And it was very obvious to me once I asked that question that it was from watching the women in my life, my mother, my grandmother, my mother's sisters. It became very obvious to me where I learned that once I asked the question. But what we're not aware of, we can't change. And I wasn't aware that that's mm. how I was functioning in the world. That moment was so pivotal for me in my own development, just to become aware of the fact that that's the lens I was looking through in my whole life. Yes, yes. yes. And we are having a little static inside. Um, so I hope, hope, hope folks can stay with us. Um, when we have been conditioned for generations after generations, you know, thousands of years of what our value is and what we're here to do, which is to be of service, not really of service, servitude. Um, you know, uh, to suddenly be given permission to step into your own soul's alignment, your own soul and heart's being, and to realize that that is enough. And this in a beautiful abundance of who you are is what you're here to do. Yeah. It's a huge transition for people who are still looking at it from an earthly point of view. Now, if we could step into the soul, the soul can, control, can embrace that and the heart so much faster. Absolutely. And I think that one of the reasons I was so stuck was I wasn't, I wasn't realizing that we live in a world of duality. We live in a world where there are two sides to everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I was thinking about my purpose and I was thinking about who I am and what my soul wants, I was looking at it only from those light aspects that I really wanted to feel. I really wanted to be. But once I started to embrace the fact that as a human being, living this soul experience as a human being, I'm living in a world of duality. So I started to really look at the whole of what my soul was here to do in terms of evolution. And that's when this whole soul agenda process really started to formulate for me because I realized that those two sides are two sides of the same coin, the coin yes. of me. Yes, right? your yin, your yang, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. But just talking about it in terms of one side, mm. um, you know, it, it, it can leave us very stuck. I've, I've done this process now with so many people and once they realize that their soul agenda comes in the flavor of not just the light aspects that they love to 
in joy, but also in what we call the polarity, those aspects of life that they don't love, but are here for their optimal growth. Once they start to define themselves and see that these are both aspects of who they are and they're both very important aspects of their own life, they can step into those more difficult aspects so much easier. Right. I mean, you know, what we have to do understand too is that uh, it, we have this lifetimes programming, which is, you know, society's expectation of everything of what you should be based on what has been, yeah. right? But we've also got to understand it's a genetic DNA that's passed down from um, your family, but then there's the cosmic DNA as well. And when you take all of that into the equation, there's a lot of filtering that has to go out. So it's not you're just going to wake up one day and go, oh, I'm in my soul alignment. You know, it is a transition. And what it is, is a deprogramming. And this is what I said I like about your book, because in your chapters, you ask people the questions. They're in the now. They're reading that certain amount of content. And then you go to them. What's your perspective on this? Write it down now, in that now. And that's when, if you step out ahead and just go through hard, come from the hard, that's when you really can actually get to the truth. So being interactive, you're inviting people not just to sit back and go, oh, that was interesting, but to discover themselves along the way, which is what you want people to do because that's your soul agenda. Yes, exactly. What you're talking about, um, I love to refer to as skill building. Mm. So oftentimes when we talk about spirituality or spiritual beingness, um, it can be thought of as this esoteric thing that is nice for other people, but I can't get it. When we talk about how these things are skills, being patient is a skill, knowing yourself is a skill, listening is a skill, all of a sudden it opens the door for anybody to have, for yeah. anybody to achieve, for anyone to learn. And I really feel like that. So the questions, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that people do them. They're so, they're so rich. When we start to ask ourselves new questions, we have different awarenesses. Yes. But oftentimes it takes someone else, like the people who are listening to your program, of course, to hear you say something and say, wow, I've never thought about it like that. Or I've never asked myself those questions. And all of a sudden they're asking themselves new questions. It's so powerful. That's what we want. We want you to ask questions. Don't just, you know, be sheeple and cut lunch, take everything at it. You know, life is to be questioned. But, you know, you've got it in chapter four, connecting with the divine. Now, this is the soul's truth. This is the soul's wisdom that comes to you. And, you know, whether it comes from God, from spirit, from energy, that doesn't matter. Whatever you wish to believe in, that's your choice. That's your free will. But understanding there is an energy that is more powerful than us. And we can extract from it at any time because we're made up of that energy as well. But I love what it says here. And it's to believe in an invisible order, a divine or uh, or implicate order. Uh, Quantum physics calls it... uh, the order beneath the disorder that chaos theory describes as the healthiest, more interesting choice than seeing no meaning in life whatsoever. All very complicated, but at the same time, so utterly simple. Again, if you go back to stop intellectualizing and allow the intellect of the heart and the soul to come through, I call it the knowingness. You know, when the, <clears throat> the divine comes through and speaks to your heart, goes to your spirit into action and your mind knows what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it. That's knowingness. It is so clear when you're in that knowingness. There is no arguing, no needing to justify or validate or verify, but it really has to come from the soul, heart, spirit, rather than the head down, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. If we're coming from the head, we're really coming from our conditioning. We're really coming from what we learned as kids and on our program to think when we can go deeper than that, we can get the true answers exactly like you're, you're speaking about. 
that's really where that wealth of wisdom is. Yeah. Well, so you don't need to download it all at once. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, just savor the information you're given at the time, mm -hmm. right? Absorb that because that's what you need to know right now. Yes. You know, um, I had a friend who had become this amazing conduit um, and he just spent years going, but I need to understand it. I need to understand it. And I said, no, you just need to do it. <laughs> the understanding comes in from doing because you are being. And it's not for you to analyze from a human intellectual understanding. How are we ever going to understand completely what the universe is about and what it means to us? But when we actually understand we've been given a gift, don't question how it works. Just trust how it works because that's your instrument in life, mm -hmm. right? And play it, perfect it so you can bring it to the orchestra. Don't yes. keep questioning it. And, and I need to scientifically understand what this means. It's a gift that you've been given. Now go and do. Yes. Yes. I love what you're saying. I find so many of my clients get hung up there in the intellectual space. Yes. Um, and if we could, what if we could just be like a part of nature? What if we could just be our natural selves, you know, the trees don't wonder if they should shed their leaves. The flowers don't wonder if they should bloom. They go for it. <laughs> <clears throat> now, should I drop two leaves or should I drop a dozen leaves? Yes, no. It's, uh, we get so caught up in this. And, and I did a very interesting show with um, a woman who is on my Lex Get Sync series. And uh, she's for the indigenous people with ecoism, with, you know, environmentalism. And she said they have for millions of years followed the animals when the animals need to move to higher ground or this or that the animals know better instinctually that's what they know who yeah. are we to steer them somewhere else and go against their wisdom and the indigenous people have lived for so long in cohesiveness with land with sky with with the with the all the environments all the elements and we have somehow come on and thought Oh, you know, we're educated, PhDs and masters and this and that, so therefore I know it all and I'm a higher hierarchy. No, you're not. You're a regular human being who needs to tap into the planet and the universe. And wonderful you have that knowledge, but do you have the wisdom to use it? <laughs> exactly. Well said. That is so well said. I like to think of the, the brain as the you know it, it it's our greatest gift to be able to choose so what if we could use that wonderful brain to just help us to connect to soul and spirit and heart like you're talking yes. about so that we can you know make the choices to be able to be present yeah be present you know the the gift is in the present right it's you know we you know have wonderful sister i love her to death but everything is living for tomorrow mm -hmm. You know, I've got to be prepared for tomorrow. I've got to make tomorrow's okay. And I said, you're missing the gift of, of today. Yeah. This is the moment that you have. What you do today will seed tomorrow, right? And it's, why do we throw this gift away? Yeah. Why do we? That's a great question for everybody to ask mm -hmm. themselves who's listening, right? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I'll just, for, for myself, as I ponder that question, I, why, why do I sometimes do that? I think other things are so important. I think that... Um, I've got to do to be valuable. I think, what are other people going to think of me? I mean, there's all kinds of answers to that question. And I think that's a really valuable question for everybody to ask themselves. Yes. Be honest with yourself. Any of this, I think the greatest way of being honest with yourself is eyeball to eyeball in the mirror. <laughs> right? And then try and pull the wool over your own eyes. 
because your friends will look back and go, really? You can't fool me. And that we've been given an illusion that we've been told we have to live up to. And one of the reasons we have so much disconnect and discord amongst people today is that they know the solution is a lie to yeah. who they are at the core, who they're meant to be, what they're here to do. And there is a, an enormous awakening, a beautiful, enormous soul awakening going on. But as that soul awakens, rather like you, it's like, okay, but what do I do with it? Yeah. Right? And it's again trying to intellectualize it instead of just being it. And there's a lot of people in that transition right now. And they need to hear that it's just allow yourself to be. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I think there's great value in being able to meet people, with, which is why I wrote the book, in the intellect so that they can get to that place. Just yeah. like me, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are saying, I would, but how? Yes. I would love to, that sounds great, but how? Yes. And I think that there's great value to meeting people in the intellect so that we can kind of work ourselves to that place that we're trying to go. Um, and I, I do hope that that's what the book really helps people to do yes. is meet them where they're at to help yeah. them to get where they want to be. Right. I mean, you know, you're very honest, you know, first chapter or so is you're chasing yourself. Yeah. You know, where's my soul? Where's my soul? Where's my soul? <laughs> What's my purpose? Come and tell me yeah. my purpose. Everybody keeps telling me that's my purpose, but is that my purpose? Because you're just chasing yourself. <laughs> totally. right? And it's, you know, the tail. And then it, it was like suddenly the deep breath, you know, and it's like, okay, wait a minute. It's not about me doing, it's about me being. Yeah. And my beingness will take me to my doingness. Yeah. And but it's only when you're willing to take that breath and stop intellectualizing. Or, or rather, I think a lot of people dictate how it should be instead of, again, allowing how it should be. Yes. Yeah. Can I jump in there as you said yeah. that allowing? Because yeah. you were talking about how, um, or I was hearing you talk about how it could be frustrating. And then <coughs> you said allowing. And I think right there is such an important point to highlight that it can be frustrating. I'm hearing being, not doing. I'm hearing to allow. I'm hearing to be present and I can't figure out and I'm getting frustrated. So allow that frustration. Mm -hmm. Allow the, the pressure. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Allow the pressure of it. Allow the anger, the sadness, the whatever it is that's coming through you to be there because that's the portal. Mm -hmm. That is the portal. So um, I just wanted to, to like say yes and stop for a moment when you said that because the frustration and the allowing go together. And I think that's something that, um, I notice a lot of people are missing when they come to me, they're hearing all of these messages about think positive, be positive, feel mm. joy, choose happiness. And they're going, I want to, I just, I can't. And they're, they're like building walls around their mm. feelings so much. So, because they really want to be a good person yes. and they really want to get it right. And they really want to feel those things, but it is frustrating. And, but that's the way <laughs> that yeah. is the portal. <clears throat> When we think about it, you know, if anybody's um, had a baby, it's nine months, feels like 10 or 12 months at times. Um, you're going to go through all sorts of things, never mind the expansion of the belly. You know, there's the, the morning sickness, there's the, um, um, what's the name, Hicks, Branston Hicks. There's Braxton the, Hicks, Braxton, yeah. thank you, Braxton Hicks. There's the, you know, where do you put your belly at night? You know, uh, <laughs> the feet swelling and all of that. And then, of course, there's the labor. But the moment that baby's put into your arms, all you see is love. And if you look at this process of your rebirth, that there's going to be uncomfortable moments. There's going to be some times that you just feel out of sorts, out of body. Because believe me, when you're in a big belly, you don't feel the same person. Yeah. Um, 
but that giving birth to yourself in that realization at, at last, this is me. This is now my canvas of beingness where I will paint the brush that is honest to what I'm here to do. And that is just so utterly wonderful and worth going through all the struggle to do. It's so worth it. I love that you brought up birth because that's actually one of the, um, probably the most prominent memory that people bring up when they're doing their soul agenda work. So it's, it's a memory recapitulation process. And so people are remembering the best aspects of life. And the birth of babies is one that comes up the most often. And I think that there are so many metaphors to be had with this process. But one of them you just brought up, like our, it's our own birth. So we mm. know what it's like, many people do, to birth a baby and then to hold that baby. And that's usually the memory that comes. It was yes. the first time yes. I held my daughter or yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, for, for myself in my own development, I have two children. And the first time that I went through the process with my daughter, I thought all kinds of things about how is it there's a, even a human species that so many people have gone through this and yes. yet they have. Right. And then yes. I had my daughter and I held her for the first time. And just like you said, I knew why yeah. the love of that mm -hmm. moment is. And then you know, having her in my life for 13 years. Yeah. So when I was pregnant with my son, I said over and over, I love this baby. I love this baby. While I was pregnant, while I, my feet were swollen, while I couldn't get comfortable yes. in bed, and while I was in labor. Because I knew what was on the other side. So if anybody has been through that process, and so many people have, of birthing or being witness to the birthing of a child, you can remind yourself of that while you're going through your own process. Yeah. And the love that is felt on the other side is worth it. It's so worth it. Exaltation. I mean, it's... There is, and it's such an incredible thing of, of that bonding to another soul that it happens when it's, I mean, it's been happening over the nine months, you know, but it's like that solidifies it when that child is in your arms. But I remember, you know, I've always been um, a soul driven. I mean, I'm a cosmic person, not a human person. And, but I lost myself for a while. For a good eight years, I disconnected from my soul. And it was interesting, but trying to read me or, or read for me, couldn't find me, you know, it was they saw what I was doing, but they said, but where are you being? You know, like I, I have just completely gone down a dark hole for a long time. And it was that white light constantly calling me, getting bigger. And I remember when I first came out and being blinded by the light, being chased by shadows, knowing don't look back, just keep going forward. And then getting to the point in life where I go into the darkness to see clarity. Yes. And it is just a state of being. I was in a state of lack of love. I was in a state of even fear. I was in a state of disconnect from my soul. Once I connected back to heart and soul for me, never mind whom I loved, but for me, and that igniting of that heart and soul again in that connection took away the fear or the apathy of the dark and gave me that canvas in order to see clearly. But it was a journey back. Yep. And, you know, there wasn't anyone around to help me at that time. Podcasting wasn't around, right? So to have this wisdom of other people who have gone through it, that have even written a book about it, that invites you to be interactive, is a godsend for so many because it is a very strange, it's an unearthly thing you're going through, igniting your heart and soul. And so it's not something you can relate to on an earthly level. And you have to be willing to go through that cosmic journey and having somebody that can quote, hold your hand along through that and say, trust your beingness, you know, delve into it, swim in it, just immerse yourself in it. Um, 
is something that's hard for some people to do and they do need the encouragement and but once they do and they get it then you know hallelujah it's that birth of themselves they're now holding and it's absolutely incredible yeah i, I think that the would you agree the birth of oneself is almost like connecting to the all right yes connecting to the absolutely. unity so yes. when, we, when we birth a baby it's like i am connected to this baby yes. and when we birth ourselves it's like being connected to everything <laughs> you are you know you're part of that matrix <clears throat> and it's uh, you actually understand what the collective means yeah. it isn't me abstaining from any decision making or from being an, an identity on my own yeah. it is me in what i'm here to do my beingness my gift my instrument bringing it to the whole in service of the whole and that's uh, i think also another wonderful aspect of coming into being is understanding what your gift is what your instrument is yeah because then you know however big or small it isn't the nobel prize you know um peace a person that that is the leader you are the leader in your own life and you can lead other people purely by being inspired by you and by what you do and by what you are so we, we're changing the rules and the perspective on leadership we're changing how we look at the importance of people you know it isn't their money it isn't their power it isn't their house it isn't their armani suits it's none of that it isn't you know cadassians what it is is the people that come from an enrichment from heart and soul that are abundant in their givingness that are truly the people that are the most impactful i hear hear here <laughs> you're preaching to the choir absolutely absolutely yeah we can all get there we right. can all get there and you know i i do hope that this book is a, a help to the people who yeah. are aspiring right because as as you said same with me i couldn't find anybody to help me right. um, the, the people who i thought i could reach out to and i did to try to help me they were scared of what i was going through yeah. uh, nobody understood and so now in the days where there are pe there are podcasts there are people talking about these yes. things it, i think it's really exciting and you know, I don't know if you've witnessed this as well, but I've also seen that a trend, I guess we could say, that some of us who have gone through these things in the past, going through it was so profound and, and, and difficult that there are plenty of people being ushered in now who it doesn't have to, shall I say, be so bad. It doesn't have to be so tumultuous. I'm seeing yes. people being ushered in in a more gentle way with mentorship, with um, um, role models and and assistance and support and guidance um and it's really quite beautiful would you say it's becoming the norm i would <laughs> i mean of course that's that seems like the hope right yes. so there's so much as you were saying in the beginning so much is kind of breaking down and going on in our world now and this is the awakening that we've all been waiting for yes. and it's it's not just coming it's happening we're, we're we're going through it and um i think it is becoming the norm the the there is a distinct difference in the consciousness and the way that i think more people are speaking about themselves and this concept of beingness yes and certainly 10 years ago 20 years ago um the the game has totally changed i remember when i started my own business it was probably about 20 years ago yeah it was 20 years ago um, meditation was a four-letter word no one was talking about it and then 10 years went by and it started to become hip and in vogue and it's really exciting to see these things 
coming about now everybody's going to yoga class every day and you know things like that it's exciting time yeah and meditation isn't just about cross-legged and you know come but you know home you know that yeah. there are so many different levels of, of meditation and uh, you know, i think yes it's um it's funny because as human beings we go into trends yeah but then all of a sudden we find out this trend hey this is worthwhile keeping around yeah. You know, because we love trends, we go off to the next trend, but then there are certain things that stay around and keep evolving because people are beginning to waken up to the fact, hey, this is cool. I like this connection. Yes. And, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because I interview a lot of science people and when quantumness came into being, understanding quantum physics, quantum energy, when people started looking at things from a quantum level, I remember talking with a scientist who were talking about spirituality. And it was suddenly dawned on him that the people who live in a spiritual vibration are living on the frequency that quantumness is. And now they're beginning to actually understand that it isn't just hippies and kumbaya and abstaining from life, that it is living on a positive vibration. Then you have the emoto water experiment, you know, that talks about negative and abstain water and happy water and how it changes. And of course, we are water. And how it affects us and then you've got other scientists you know talking about um frequency of the land and how it changes the hertz and how it lifts up your vibration to positivity we've got so many people out there now doing these things that are tapping into this energy to helping us channel positive energy so if you're finding it hard to go through the process and you're needing a boost of energy there are so many people they're right here on subdiscoveryradiotv.com uh, with apparatuses, whether it's something for your phone, whether it's water, whether it's for your land, whether it's the state of being, uh, yeah, th that have stepped into that quantum energy and that can give you that boost. And sometimes you need that physical boost of energy in order to get the spiritual clarity. So whatever it takes, be willing, right? Be willing to try it because you just don't know until you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're living in a physical body and we need to remember to work with it <laughs> even when it's it. working against you <laughs> exactly even when it's working against you it's working it's working for a reason yeah the, the body mind science i think is so fascinating and one that's really you know people have been talking about it for a while but i really feel like it's the next step for us uh to to really begin to embrace in a, in a deeper way is the understanding of the body mind as we really start to integrate more fully the spirituality into our material aspects of life, including this thing, the yes. body. Yeah. I, you know, uh, the question has been asked uh, from people. Well, if we are such spiritual beings and we actually can live without body, why is there a body? And, you know, my theory on that is that when we master our spirituality within this frame of a body, we actually get to experience a double gift. The, the spirit is something that is everywhere, anywhere, at any time. But when you hone it in through the body and you see through these eyes and you touch with these hands and you feel with this heart, it is an understanding of what that spirituality is in its whole, but it's contained in this one vessel. It's contained densely into this. And the experience that you can have being a spiritual human being is one that is ultimately a beautiful gift and part of our learning and process into transcend, you know, transcending. But uh, we mustn't forget the gift of the body. It's the alignment and the yin yang of both that is the harmoniousness that we need to have. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And it's fun. Yes. I mean, we get to drink cool drinks and we get to eat cool food and we get to wear yummy clothes and do our hair. I mean, I didn't always feel like that. I used to feel mm. like life was kind of a drag. And when I started yeah. to find my own soul agenda, which is really to feel alive and what that means for me, I started to embrace more what that really meant and how can I really enjoy the sensuality that's all around me because it is here for us to enjoy it. You hit a beautiful word, sensuality. Everybody automatically thinks sex, sex, sex. Sensuality has been in tune in all of your senses, all of your senses becoming heightened. Can that lead to a beautiful sexual experience? Yes, sure. but sensuality of being a sensual being and, and, being aware of all of those senses all the time is absolutely fantastic. Why deny yourself that? Yeah. Yeah. We're human. Well, exactly. Yeah. Why deny yourself that? Um, yeah. Sometimes people ask me for a thing nobody knows about me. You know, like what, what is one thing that, that people would be surprised to find out about you? And one of the things that I share is that I love to eat. I absolutely love it. I am the person at the restaurant who would be found enacting that um, scene from when Harry met Sally. You know, I'll yes. have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I love the sensuality of, of food and it's something that we could either drag ourselves through in life or we can enjoy where most of us eat around three times a day and we make choices all the time about what we eat and how we eat it and with whom. What if we could enjoy that process? Like right there, there's three yeah. moments at least out of your day where you can really be present and really be with your senses and fully embody your soul experience in human form. And you know, uh, again, a few shows on food. And, you know, food, yes, is our substance, it's our fuel. But when we look at fuel, uh, food, when we look at the colors of food, they match our chakras. Yeah. And when we crave certain foods, it's because that chakra is low and needs higher energy, right? And so we suddenly, I need aubergine, you know, I need, I need something of that color, you know, the, the more purpley colors. And it's don't deny your body what it wants. And if you eat without guilt and you eat with joy, now, yes, there is the uh, thing of opulence, you know, it's don't just stuff yourself, enjoy, right? But it's try different foods and listen to what your body says. If it's craving something, go for it because it is feeding your chakras, it's feeding your other things. But why were we given such beautiful spices, wonderful flavors, the combinations, the beautiful different dishes around the world. Why were we given that if food wasn't meant to be a wonderful sensual experience? Exactly. And everybody's different, right? I've, I've definitely talked with people who aren't lit up by food, but there's going to be things that you are lit up about. Mm -hmm. And so it, again, skill building, it can be a skill that some people need to build to be yes. able to give themselves permission. Like you said, without the guilt, give themselves permission to be able to enjoy life the way that they would love to live it. Yes. Yes. You know, we know that if you eat something without guilt and you eat something with joy and gratitude, it changes the structure of the food that you eat and in the way you digest it. Yeah. So this guilty pleasure thing, you automatically you put guilt on it, a negative um, thing on it. If it is, you know, um, completely permissioned pleasure, you're going to give it a different vibration in the way that you eat it. So, I think let's talk about our inner dialogue. 
and how many times we talk ourselves out of things because we don't feel worthy or we don't think we should or nobody else is doing it but just simply things about guilty pleasure why does pleasure have to be guilt you know what in these kind of dialogues that we give ourselves I think one of the reasons why pleasure is equated with guilt is we've grown up in a society. Look at the past 100 years. Did we grow up in a society that celebrated pleasure and sensuality and in positive light? No, <laughs> no. We learned how to talk about our pain. And so many of us bond over pain. So we don't really yet have um, a, a mature language around pleasure, a, a mature relationship around bonding around these things. I think these are things that we're growing into learning about. Mm. So when we start to talk about pleasure, when we start to talk about these things that I'm excited about, uh, whether it's food or whether it's something else that really lights us up, I don't think that we really have as a society kind of that societal permission granted mm. to be able to stand in that fully. And so we start to associate it with um, being bad. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a big learning process for us all. Yeah, most certainly. There's one page that I've dog-tagged here, um, and it's it, putting the pieces of your life back together, which, you know, we have to realize very often we are a jigsaw puzzle, and we're always, you know, trying to find that missing piece and putting ourselves together to get our whole picture of what we're really here for. But um, I'm just going to quickly look where I dog-tagged here and why. Um, but the... You didn't answer to the resounding yes, but I tried to find the question. <laughs> uh, you were trying to run away and ignore um, the f and fend off the darkness. And what if you could relax into the darkness with full consciousness? Would you then see the seed of light? And then you go on to say the answer was a resounding yes. By trying to ignore, run away from, or fend off the dark, difficult, painful parts of life, you were actually missing your biggest opportunities for growth and success. And that is... Again, going back to labor, we've got to be willing to go through the pain and the darkness. See, this positivity doesn't mean there's going to be a perpetual light bulb of hum ya or going on all the time. You've got to go through the darkness to see the light, to understand what, you, what you've been given. And we can't run from it, can we? It's the embracement of it that's important. No, we can't run from it, but we can be aware of it. We can, be, we can become more and more aware of it. I think it's really interesting. Um, one of the processes that we use with our clients that I'll describe briefly takes them through an understanding of why we feel negative emotion. And basically, it's guarding our core fears, right? So when we're having on kind of the superficial level, these thoughts of, I don't like that, or I don't like you, or you know, you're triggering me, or these thought patterns are kind of superficial, but then below those thought patterns are the actual sensations we feel and the emotions that we feel that can really bring up this defensiveness because we're guarding our fears yeah. with all of our might. We're guarding our fears with all of our might. So when we can really allow ourselves to feel the sadness, the, as we say, the darkness, like let's yes. put some words on it, the sadness, the anger, the frustration, what the judgment feels like, uh, the shame, the guilt, as we can actually allow the sensations to be in our body, they can move out. <coughs> but if we don't allow ourselves to feel, they will continue to defend those core fears. Yes. Yeah. And we have to understand that fear sells uh, because fear is also a form of control. Mm -hmm. And there will always be certain powers whether it be a spouse or government, religion, that will keep you in fear because it's to keep you in control. If you want to be in control of your own life, stand up and face your own fear and understand what is it really that you need to be fearful about.
or is this fear just the conditioning that you've been brought up with? Oh, that's a wonderful paradox, isn't it? Mm. That's a really incredible paradox that the fear can control, but if we stand up to our own fears, then we can have control of our life. How about that? <laughs> Look fear in the eye and say, you know, we have that fear of there's a bus coming down across the road. Common sense fear. You know, that is, um, that is something we do need. You know, when don't go down that dark alley or, you know, just not going to go there today because something tells me not to. I think that is also something that we need to pay attention to. When you get those instincts of don't do it or go and do it now, don't start going up into your head and going, but what does that mean? Or does it, should I, shouldn't I, blah, 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 blah. Go with those instincts because those instincts are your guiders. They're there for a reason. Sometimes they will absolutely explain themselves and sometimes not. But if we don't trust them, that's when we end up getting on the plane that actually was going to go down and you could have avoided it. You know? Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point because like, for example, guilt, we were talking about yeah. guilt. Guilt isn't bad or good, but right. when you're in the moment and you realize you're feeling guilt, then you have information and you can decide what you want to do with it. Yeah. Did you in fact do something that you didn't want to do? Do you need to correct it? in the moment or do you need to let go of that notion that it wasn't a good thing to do because you know that there are always a, an equal amount of benefits and drawbacks to every situation like yes. that's using our intellect to mm. help us rather yeah. than just running on the hamster wheel yeah. about it oh right? i just hamster wheel i say that all the time <laughs> it is the hamster wheel isn't it and it's like you know running to nowhere and if, if you do just stay in head, that's what you're all going to do. You know, it's, you've, you've got to understand the power of your soul. It is your solar system guidance, you know, your God, your spirit, your energy guidance. We also have to remember we are made up of the universal material. So we are part of God's source energy. Mm -hmm. um, we're just in this organic body, just as the animals are, the plants who have their own organic, this is the vessel that we're in. And we were given this bigger vessel to do more. But we became so guarded so early in life about protection and security and fighting for our existence. We don't need to fight for our existence anymore. Right. In fact, if we stop fighting altogether and start learning to love, we will actually understand our existence even more. Yeah. Our, um, our system is very trauma-informed, and as you were speaking, it was reminding me that many people have gone through really hard times when they were children. Mm -hmm. And now, if you're listening to this, you're an adult. And yes. so the task becomes, like you were talking about self-leadership earlier, the task becomes being your own parent now. So yeah. many people are walking around being led by their three-year-old, their five-year-old, their seven-year-old, right? But we have the capacity as adults to really integrate all those aspects of ourselves so we can be the parent to the scared child that was, at seven years old, yeah. scared and feared for its life. Now, we're, we don't have to be scared and feared for our life because we're an adult who can take care of ourselves and we have to take care of that child. So when th tough things happen to us, they really happened. And as adults, we have the capacity to care for that aspect of us. And that's, that's, very, um, that's very scientifically based now. We know that the subconscious doesn't know how old we are. And there's this kind yes. of stuck, like the record player is stuck yes. at that aspect. But we can bring healing to that now. Yes, I just uh, interviewed Rob Shear for the third time. <clears throat> she just written a book for Forever Family. I highly mm -hmm. recommend uh, reading. And you know, he was a guy that really brought up in an amazingly abusive family. When you look at the abuse, it's just how did he survive? Then foster parenting abuse. 
Um, then he started a company called Comfort Cases, which is backpack for foster kids because they were just carting the stuff around in plastic bags. And the third time I, I interviewed him, because it was always on the production of the, what he was doing for foster children, when I read his book and I looked at the journey from where he had come, and one scene in particular, three kids on the kitchen floor, drunk parents playing Russian roulette saying, who should we kill first, Ma? When you've got that kind of trauma in your DNA, you know, he then went on to abusive relationships because, of course, that's all he knew. And it took one person to say, stop chasing love, stop giving your love away, start giving it to yourself. And he decided, he made the choice to take that journey to give himself love. He then met his husband and they adopted four black children. Imagine that was a journey in itself. And of course, now he's doing wonderful things for it. But he gave love a chance. And I think what we don't have as a child, that we do have as an adult, is choice. Yes. Yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I have uh, two biological children and a bonus son. We have a blended family. And I believe that one of my greatest gifts is my kids, not because I love them so much only, but because as a parent, it gives me an opportunity to have a different light shed on what life was like for me and yeah. how I can continue to parent myself as I watch my kids grow in different stages. Like, oh, wow, I wonder what my three-year-old needed. I wonder what my seven-year-old needed. And see all of those things that I can look back upon. I can't imagine having gone through something as that. Yeah. Um, but actually, you bring up a really good point that I'd love to just um, mention. You know, even if you haven't had trauma in your own life as a child, if you were raised by people who had abuse and trauma in their lives and they didn't resolve it, guess what lives in you? And I think that that definitely was my story. And so these sensations live in our bodies and these thoughts live in our head. And we wonder, like, what is it about? And we can't seem to put the connection yeah. together because it wasn't our experience. No. And I think that understanding that's really, it was really important for me because I started to just have a sense that this is in me, but it's not mine. Right. And then yeah. I can unravel it because I was taking it so personally. Mm. Yes. We, again, going back to that DNA imprint, right? You know, yeah. the, the anxiety and the trauma and the pain of your parent is automatically instilled in you. And then, of course, the trauma they live through in a, is imposed on you. And it doesn't mean they didn't love you. It's just obviously yeah. they're carrying the trauma. I remember my mother saying to me, you bring your kids up the way you wanted to be brought up. Yeah. And because, you know, for them, my mom wasn't brought up with love. My dad wasn't brought up with love. They loved us, absolutely. They took care of us, but didn't know how to love us. You know, just the, the hugs that children need, the silly billiness yeah. that, children, that children need. But in discovery of myself with my children, of being silly buggers, you know, doing uh, silly things, and that freedom to be the idiot, you know, whereas growing up, you know, don't make a fool of yourself. And yeah. just be able to do something silly like that. And everybody just having a belly laugh about it. I mean, I make my kids laugh all the time by the things I say and I yeah. do. And it's not because I'm a comedian. It's just that they find me funny. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Uh, because it's laughter. And that's yeah. what is important. Yeah. So yeah, a really good point there. Yeah. Um, I think this is what we're saying to people is you're not your past. You're not your parents. You're not your life's journey to this point. You can rewrite your book, your chapter, your page. And it's up to you when you connect to your heart and soul in understanding who you are. You'll understand why you're here. Then you can actually really start writing. 
the impact you want to have on life and that life is having on you. But if we're not willing to clean the slate, we're going to drag that old garbage with us wherever we go. That is so true. Yeah, and the Find Your Soul Agenda process helps people put actual words around this so yes. that it, it's graspable. Right. So it's almost like you can hold it in your hand and have a guide. Some people can really connect with soul and they just, you know, can really say, I know, and they can connect with that word you said, my knowingness. Yes. Other people are looking for it and it can yeah. be found. Yes. And again, as you said, you know, you were chasing around of it, trying to understand it, but what does it mean to me? Because and you hadn't given yourself permission just to be it, just to yeah. allow it. And, you know, that is sometimes step out of yourself, step out of yourself and just trust yourself from the inside out. And it doesn't matter if you comprehend at first, the comprehension will come the more you immerse yourself into it. And then in that self-discovery of who you really are and what you're really here to do and how glorious a gift your purpose is to mankind, that's when you truly actually understand what life is about. And you feel it. Yes. <laughs> Another big word. Don't think it, feel it. Feel your thoughts, right? Feel your thoughts because that's when you actually understand what the thoughts mean. Don't just rely on thinking all the time that goes back to treadmill but when you feel your thoughts then you actually understand what that thought means that's absolutely so accurate yes the the emotions are two things they're thoughts and sensations when we cut ourselves off from the sensations we're not feeling and we're not getting completely accurate information yeah yeah exactly we're getting the head information which we know is you know right side of the brain is the cpu it's the hard drive the other side is the software it's the programming and without the intellect and the wisdom of the soul and the heart that the spirit can activate, what are we running on? This has become a computer. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why we've become so disconnected from one another and from ourselves, because we haven't ignited that heart and soul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with you. And I feel like there's so much hope for us now. Yeah. Um, you know, little things, right? Like I, I needed something on my phone with my, the phone company recently. And as I looked for a phone number to contact the phone company. I easily found one. And when I called them, I actually got a human being on the phone. And I was remembering like, right? I was remembering like 10 years ago, that wasn't happening because we were going to this place of automation. Yeah. And I think that the pendulum is swinging now because yes, we have so much technology around us. Like look at what, what we're able to do. Yes. This is so cool. Yes. And it's helping us to connect with each other more. So I'm seeing the pendulum really swing back to a place where people are demanding more connection, even with a phone company, and it's, it's working. So I yeah. think, you know, just like we're living in two sides in this dualistic world, we're coming into a place where, yes, there is more technology. And I think that the, the hope for more connection of humankind is really coming about too. How about that for a paradox? Well, <clears throat> we're about to step into a new world of virtuality but it's virtual to reality. So the entire platform is conscious-based people doing conscious-based work. Also game education and gamification, but everything is raising that consciousness. Everything is about the people that are helping people ignite that consciousness, but we're doing it virtually so people can bring it into their reality. Yeah. So it's, there's no point in fighting the technology. It's working with it in order to empower humanity, right? Yep. Just like our, our own process. Don't yeah. fight it. Work with it to empower yourself. <laughs> you know, it's like when you're walking up facing the wind, don't expect the wind to suddenly be at your back. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Walk backwards if you have to. <laughs> I, you know, we've resistance is futile, isn't it? You know, because whether it's 
the kiss on the brow, the little nudge of the cosmic two by four, you will be redirected to your heart and soul at some point. So stop trying to avoid it. Start working with it. Yeah. Or wondering why, why, why? Yes. Just, just do it. Just do it. The why will always come about when you do, because yes. then you understand what you do. And you, you know, it's not even the how either, is it? It's just to go into your own automation and you'll find you're already doing the how and that explains the why. But this whole thing I need to understand, you'll understand for going through the process. Yep. You'll understand by doing and becoming because that is what your, your lesson is. As well as your book, which is your lesson, <laughs> right? So how do people get hold of this book? How do they book you for, for any coaching or speaking or anything? The easiest way to find all the information is at findyoursoulsagenda.com. So findyoursoulsagenda.com. That's right. So whether you're looking for, for me or you're looking for the book or the audio version or whatever, findyoursoulsagenda.com will lead you <laughs> to whatever you're looking for. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. And, you know, as I said, because it is, you know, you're open and honest about your journey to find it yourself. And I will say the best teachers are those that have gone through the process. You know, not the people that learned it from a book, but people have taken the journey. They understand your journey. They understand the obstacles that get in the way. They know when to allow you to have a moment to absorb and take it in and other times when to push you forward and push you through it. But having somebody that's taken the journey in their own self-discovery and now are sharing that wisdom with you, you know, as again, the way you've written it by being interactive, asking the questions, allowing people to actually ask that back of themselves in the now, is very, very fruitful. And I think you're going to ignite a lot of heart and souls with this book. Thank you, that means a lot to me. Thank you, Sarah. And you know, folks, again, resistance is futile. You just cannot go against this. We are um, in, in a cosmic state at the present moment of our frequency and vibration being turned up. That means more and more soul awakening, more and more stepping into presence, stepping into our beingness and understanding that we have to be a part of not isolated it is about you the i of what you bring to the we but understand your instrument understand your gift but understand it is to be of service to the whole when you go down that process and you step into it there is a love of self and a love of life that you will find that you never found as a humanoid when you become that human being that soul being and that light that you step into of that beautiful, meaningful purpose that others are experiencing, it is a, a it is a thing that has not yet got words to it, right? I was waiting to see how you would describe it. <laughs> well, you know, excitation, illumination—it's so hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is hard because, you know, for me, the 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 whole experience of it is is I'm in everything and nothing. I'm in all knowledge and no knowledge. I'm in a space of utter peace. And yet I don't get highs anymore. I get expansion, right? That ripple and resonance effect goes out and it isn't like the sugar high up and then crash down. Right. And when you can feel the heart and the soul expanding out and reaching other people and that effect having a ripple effect, it is really, that's when you know you got it. I think that's really well said. There's so much buzz in certain circles about yeah. being high vibe, right. be high vibe. And I see people try, 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 crash, try, yes. try, try, crash, yes. or, or lie about it. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Exactly. That expansiveness, I love how you describe that because in that way, we're embodying the fullness of our spectrum. Yes. 
Yes. And, you know, just like a beacon, you know, if the beacon doesn't go up, the beacon, it goes out, right? And so yes. when you step into your, be um, your beingness, your resonance, your beautiful energy, your gift, you are resonating that out to other people. And in that inspiration, you become the invitation for them to seek it within themselves. In that inspiration, you become the invitation. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. <laughs> and don't we want to invite others to join the party because it feels good? Absolutely. <laughs> and it's okay to feel good. <laughs> yes. The more you feel good, the higher vibration you're on, the more you exude that out to other people, the more you ignite other hearts and souls. So good, good, good vibrations, folks. <laughs> Let's leave guilt. Let's leave fear. Let's leave unforgiveness. Let's leave all of that at the door. You know, and let's understand what it is, where it's come from. And let's not let it invite us forward. When you're in that beingness, your compass of what is right and what is wrong is already there. So you're not going to do things that make you guilty. You're not going to do things that you need forgiveness for because you're on that moral compass of already knowing what will hurt and what won't hurt you or others around you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the place so many people are aspiring to. And um, I, I love how you're describing this so much. We're like soul sisters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, and that, that's soul resonance, right? You know, we've, we've created a symphony here today and it's beep, 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 out, out, out it goes. And it's an invitation for other people to start with the book, to reach out to you, to share the show with others and say, how about we do this together and be soul, in igniting our soul, heart and soul together in a way that we can support one another. Yes. Right? Because it does take eight positives to undo one negative. So understand you've got to deprogram. Yeah. And you've got to start feeding and seeding and feeding and nurturing those positivities. It isn't just the drinking the positive Kool-Aid and everything is fine now. Right? No downloadable app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it does take support. So many people think yeah. that they should or um, do it by themselves or that they need to or just nervous to reach out to somebody else and say, hey, I'm interested in this. Do you want to do it with me? Because that's putting ourselves out there. Yes. There yes. are other people doing this too. And, you know, I did it on my own, folks, and it sucks. Yeah. It's a much <laughs> longer journey. And, uh, and it was also at a time period way before time, you know, before people could even talk frequency or heart level, soul, you know, it was all woo-woo stuff. And so it was very hard to share this with anyone. You are now in an era where this is not only where you can share it, but you can feel it, you can celebrate it. It is abundant. It is welcoming you. So there is nothing holding you back. Yep. yep. It's the new normal. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Heart and soul normality. I love it. In partnership together. Good to you. This has been wonderful having you on here, love. Thank you so much for having me. It's just a great conversation. And uh, don't forget, findyoursoulsagenda.com. Get the book, form a book club, do it together, share it, and then reach out to Annie. Reach out to her to say, you know, this is what I learned from it. I'm ready for the next phase, right? Mm -hmm. But please, folks, take some responsibility to be proactive in your own life. This is not coming to you. These are tools and skills for you to find yourself in your own self-discovery. You've got to be willing to walk the walk. Yep. Yep. You can't, gotta pick up the hammer. 
<laughs> that nail I gotta get in there on its own. No, you gotta pick up the hammer. <laughs> And don't beat yourself up over the things that are going to come up from the past, right? Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, this is great. I hope to have you back on again one day. Um, love to have you back on again. And again, if we've had any little bubbly going on there, folks, as I said, it's the internet's got the same cold as I have. <laughs> but listen through the bubbles. That's a challenge in itself, too. If you're looking for things to be delivered in perfection and you get caught up by something that isn't perfect, you're not paying attention to the content, right? Sometimes get over yourself. It's like if something's misspelled, don't damn the whole letter because of one misspelling because then you're missing the message, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what would you like to leave our audience with, love? I would just love to, to relate to people that if there's anyone listening who has ever wondered to themselves, is there anything wrong with me? Whether it's when they wake up in the morning, they're going to bed at night, they're looking at their lives, they're in the shower or taking a walk, and they hear this voice saying, what's that with me? What's my matter with people? What's with the way that forming my job? You don't need to ask yourself that question anymore. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. Everything's presented to you in perfection for your evolution. Yes. And the fact that you stopped to ask that question is the first step forward. That's right. Right? That means you're ready for the change. That is so true. That is so true. So allow, be willing, take the ride. It's fun. And you're certainly going to like who you are on the other side. That's the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And as your sign says, follow your heart. Your soul ain't far behind. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much, love. This has been wonderful. And as I said, folks, please share, share, share do it. You never know how it's going to work for you unless you're willing to participate. You just might be surprised at what you discover about yourself. And I guarantee it's probably going to be pretty awesome. So thank you, Han. And until next time, folks, bye for now.